Hey guys, welcome to the USL show. It's called the short show, but today I think it'll be anything but that. Uh, bear with me, everybody. I have a, I've been running 103 fever all day today, but I'm dedicated to our league and to bring all the the news for week one that's coming up. I'm super excited. Uh, I just want to introduce some friends that are here. Um, I'll start with my friend Chip here. We have, we're enemies as far as teams that we support, but I love this man no matter what I say online. Uh, Chip, how are you today? I'm doing great. Just getting ready for League One. Luckily, the league gave me a, a bye week the first week, so I don't have to sweat it out with the rest of you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, my team would never do that to me because I, I could not wait <laughs> just for the U.S. Open Cup game. For that to be our first game, I think I would be sweating way too much. More than I am right now with this fever. So uh, I also have our friend Brandon here, uh, USL League One review. Uh, I know uh, I was I was going to tweet earlier how Kayla's over here just identifying Superman here, just giving out your real name. When I know, right? When like there's Brandon. In the world. Just can't keep, can't keep it a secret, but um, I'm not very good, good at it, anyways. I end up yeah. like retweeting stuff on the wrong account, so. <laughs> it's hard having having two accounts i can't i can't imagine but how are you doing today man i'm pretty good i don't have a fever that's for sure yeah i yeah. have not been in bed all day is that it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad i'm getting it over you with now because we have a game this weekend so it's true It'll be a bad day to be a diet pepsi in uh greenville that's for sure <laughs> it, it is a bad day but um so let's get the show going we um, I'm excited to be here with you guys. Um, I've loved doing the show with Kayla and all the guys, um, but I'm excited to do a show with you two here and just talk about the season coming up. So I guess we can start with uh, how the last season ended, uh, as much as I don't really want to talk about it. Um, so I'll just give it to you, Chip, and your thoughts on last season. Yeah, for sure. So last year ended uh, with a Union Omaha 3-0 win in the championship game it was beautiful there was champagne there was beers everywhere it was quite wonderful uh other people did not have such a great time mainly the 12 or so greenville fans that drove <laughs> out in a 15 passenger bus i think that was a long quiet ride home full of contemplation uh but yeah besides that uh the season shook up with uh omaha and greenville getting the number one and number two seats uh and then overall in the playoffs it was pretty chalky fc tucson hosted uh richmond as the four or five matchup fc tucson won before losing to union omaha six to one and then the chattanooga red wolves faced north texas uh as the three six matchup with which chattanooga won um i think it was two one i can't remember I, my team won, it was so an overtime care. oh yeah that's right because you were watching it in the bar hoping that they went as long as possible yeah. um the other how the rest of the table kind of shook up uh, Ford Madison finished in ninth place. Tormenta finished in 11th and North Carolina FC. They showed up. They, they, sh they sure did. They, they were there. They, they played games. Mm -hmm. they, got they got national team call-ups. They did that. They did. That is, <laughs> that is true. They had a lot of guys that were 15 over in Europe training. Yes. No, I, definitely this I, the moral victory type of season, but 
Uh, I know Brandon wrote an article over on USL One Review about how he's hoping uh, that they have a bit of a resurgent season, which I'm sure we will talk about here in a little bit. But yeah, that's how the roster shook, shook up. Um, then kind of there's some arrivals and departures in the league. So uh, the departures were all the two teams, unlike USL Championship, we didn't keep any. Uh, so North Texas FC, Toronto FC 2, New England Revolution 2, and Fort Lauderdale Club de Football all are no longer in the league and playing in MLS 2, uh, some under different branding. And then we had three new arrivals. We had the Central Valley Fuego FC, who are, I guess you could call them a Phoenix club, because they were a USL 2 team, then they folded so that the Fresno Foxes could play. And then when they folded and moved to Monterey, this is the team that kind of rose from the ashes. So football's coming back to the Central Valley. Super fun time. And then we also have, uh, as Caleb alluded to, the Northern Colorado Hailstorm. Hashtag hail yeah. And then those are new. And then Charlotte Independence, despite finishing second in the Atlantic Division, uh, moved down to USL1. And, you know, I think they have like four guys signed that are of legal drinking age. So should be a fun season for them. Oh, it will be a very fun season. Um, <laughs> last season definitely didn't end like I wanted it to, but it was definitely an exciting season. I had so, uh, it was really memorable going to that Omaha game uh, that was on ESPN. That was fun. Um, the playoff game against Chattanooga was right before my son was born. Um, that was an exciting. That was an exciting game. Um, and I wish I could have made it to the final, uh, but that was a long trip to go with, with a newborn at home. Yeah. But um, hopefully I can make that trip this season um, so I can meet you and some of the other guys. Cause as much as we all talk junk to each other every single day sometimes, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it. And I, I love all of you guys. And this, I think meeting so many people in the league uh, has been really exciting, especially with these two new teams coming in and, a lot more competition. I think this would be. I'm. I'm thinking this would be the best season yet. And last season it was really close, except for North Carolina. Um, <laughs> this year I think it'll be very close, except for Charlotte. So there's just something in the water in North Carolina that's not working, I guess. But, <laughs> but for um, sure, for those yeah. of you that don't know, uh, Union Omaha and Greenville, which is uh, Brandon and Geo's team, we have a, a rivalry trophy called the Big Green Belt, which is a wrestling belt. And the rivalry, besides a great belt and featuring the top two teams in the league, is also known for a lot of really, really shitty meme making across the board. So like the week we play each other, if you follow any Greenville or Omaha fans, it's just a bunch of very, very, very bad memes. It's quite fun, especially as a neutral. And the games tend to be competitive and the banter tends to be mediocre, but fun. (laughs) No, no one's getting called up to SNL to write for them with the jokes that are being made, but it's it's enjoyable for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we, that's during that week. I think we can all we all realize we keep our day jobs <laughs> because uh, it's just Chris Chris Rock level jokes at some point. Yeah, so. Okay, <laughs> a joke. Yeah, <laughs> what's just a joke? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there it is. I had to say it. I've been waiting for that one for a while. But um, 
Do you guys want to talk about the uh, some of the off-season storylines? Sure. Uh, yeah. So we kind of just, uh, for everyone in the audience, we kind of made some, you know, real quick for every single team in the league, what is kind of like the big off-season storyline for that team and what it kind of looks like going into the season. So I'll go first. We did this in more or less the order of how they finished last year. And then the new teams are just kind of tacked on the bottom. So for Omaha, I said the great storyline was a great migration. Omaha lost eight guys to the USL championship and four players, to other USL one teams. Uh, so a lot of talent exited Omaha. You know, that alone is a whole starting lineup and another guy. And, you know, that's a lot of people to replace. And it's a big order for Jay Mims, the Omaha coach, to kind of come back in and, reload i don't think anybody in omaha wants to rebuild for a year and i know jay has said that you know playoffs and championships that's always the goal and he's brought in a bunch of young talent and some talent that he's kind of found from around the world to kind of fill some of those gaps in and uh we'll see how it pans out for them but a lot of fun players on championship teams all over the league uh, one guy who hasn't made an appearance yet that you should circle in your little rolodexes is dummy viader uh, he plays for um, Sacramento Republic. Uh, he hasn't made an appearance yet. Um, I'm assuming due to probably some visa issues or some paperwork clearance. But when he does make an appearance, if you're a Sacramento fan, you're going to love him. If you're not a Sacramento fan and you're in the West, you are probably not going to be very fond of him. Not at all. Yeah. So next up, we've got Greenville, and um, I'll, I'll I'll take that view. Don't worry. You, you rest your eyes for a second. Um, <laughs> no, I mean we. So obviously, we had a, a less than we'll call it perfect end of the season. We still got we've still made it to the third final in a row, which is awesome, a huge accomplishment. Uh, and I'm really proud of our team. So even if we didn't win the final, I'm super proud of our team. What we accomplished, what they accomplished last year, and I'm really excited to see them work hard and maybe even do it again. Obviously, we lost a good number of players. We lost some players, you know, to Europe, and uh, we lost. Apparently, we lost Carlos Gomez to Europe as well, um, <laughs> and uh, as well as you know to Columbus Crew too, and a lot of other places. And so, um, you know, we have a bit of a. While we do have a lot of players coming back, I think we're in second place for returning minutes. Um, there still were a number of players who moved on: Mario Lomas, Abdi Mohammed. Um, and Alex Morrell being another big name that uh, moved on and Andrew Booth and a couple others uh, that have, have left and we had to fill those spots. And I think we've done a really good job of that. Um, Jacob Labovitz is a big name. Jake Keegan, obviously coming back. I made a joke the other day on the walk in 90 pod about him scoring a hat trick in Madison. Um, that's a big name. Back. I'm a big fan of Vinton Evans and uh, I think he's going to be great. Uh, obviously bringing back Alan Gabalanes and, um, Jesus Sabara on the wings is going to be big as well. So despite the fact that we've had a lot of turnover, I mean, at, towards the end of the season, a lot of the players that we lost, like Dallas Jay and Morrell and people like that, uh, I mean, I really feel like coming, coming into the season, it doesn't feel like as big of a loss as it would have the beginning of last year. I mean, I think these players that are sticking around have really stepped up big time, and we brought in a lot of fantastic talent. Uh, and so I'm really excited for this season. Obviously we had a, a stadium bid that didn't go, go very well. And we only have like, is it, is it a year left to you? I, I believe like it is a year. So we've got to figure that out. 
Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on in Greenville, where we're going to be playing and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big year for Greenville in a lot of ways. And I'm really, really excited to see kind of how it shakes out. I'm excited also. It's gonna. I, I feel like it's going to be a big season, a lot of new players, but I feel like we're going to have a new playing style this season also with a lot of the additions that we have. Um, be rock solid defensively with all our defense other than Abdi coming back. Um, but with Noah Frankie coming, I mean, it, it could look a little bit different. And with the midfielders and we have a real cam now in Coutinho, we might look very different this season. Yeah. So it's exciting. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, another team I want to talk about is Chattanooga. Um, they're, they've been a rock solid team. Um, they love to keep it late sometimes, uh, but it makes their games fun to watch, especially uh, turning it on in the 75th minute and above after Greenville plays. Um, they're a fun team to watch. I watched the interview on Walking 90 with Obleda, and it was a great interview. He seems like a great dude, great coach, and these guys really like playing for him. Um, the semifinal game against them was was amazing. Um, they, they worked hard. I enjoyed chanting Dosa Zero to their team at the end of the game and they didn't like it very much but uh but you know I respect them. They um you know now they have lights in their stadiums and hopefully bathrooms. Um so I'd love to visit that stadium one day, um hopefully this season when Greenville plays. But um they did lose some they did lose some starters and I'm really curious of what they're gonna do to replace Ruiz. because um, he was a big player for them. And th where did he go? Rio Grande? Mm -hmm. Yeah, him yeah. and Rick, it's both one. Yeah. yeah. And then and Ramos so, went to Minnesota too. Yes. Um, so they, they lost some big players um, and they got some big shoes to fill. Um, losing the assist leader is, is not an easy task. Um, mm -hmm. So they got to find where to find. And I think Marky left to Hailstorm also. Yeah. Yep. And he was like one of the best super subs, in my opinion. Um, all Every time I've seen him, he comes on like he he's good. He's electric. Um, so they have some big shoes to fill this season. So we'll see um, if they can come back as strong as they did. I think last year might have been their best shot of making it to a final. Because um, this season it might, you know, with every other team being as competitive as they are, uh, you know, they, they're they going to have to fight for that spot again. Yeah, so I mean, we'll they're going to have to have more goals come from that, that forward line. Yeah. I mean, most of them came from Glendres that, I mean, from the forward line, that was pretty much it. I think first and scored one, and then obviously Tashira scored played a three games total. I think played mm -hmm. in three games, and so they had a, a lot of rotation there. So I think getting more goals in that forward spot is going to be essential. Yeah, and they're going to have a rough start too. It sounds like they've got five guys still who don't have their papers cleared or are injured for the first couple of games. So you know it might be in a season that's as close as this one is going to be. I think. It might really set the tone of their season if they can go and get some gritty wins early or at least get some gritty results because they might need those points later on in the season. So yeah. you know, Chattanooga may not be in their normal spot in the table to start. They're going to have to claw back up. But talking to a blade, it sounds like he's definitely got that underdog mentality. Maybe that works better for them. They they really kind of faded a bit once they uh, went to the top of the league and were in the top spot. They, I think maybe they're one of those teams that likes to be chased and Instead of being the team that's chasing, or they like chasing more than they like being chased. Yeah, I really liked his uh, 
his interview. I mean, like the commitment he asks of his players, but also I think he's growing into a uh, a commitment he's offering back as well. You know, a really cool. I think there's a there's a team dynamic growing in Chattanooga that is beginning to look really cool. Yeah, I know we received some players from Chattanooga, and uh, because of that, uh, and some of the comments, I I didn't think too much of him, but it sounds like he really learned from his first season coaching in the pros and what he did right and what he did wrong and has kind of adjusted his play style a lot and his coaching style a lot. And it seems like the guys really, really like him. Uh, and he's building something cool down there, which is, you know, fun to see that kind of character arc. Honestly, the only reason I'm worried about Ableda is because he deserve he needs to be on a list somewhere. Uh, so his lucky meal before games is peanut butter and tuna. And not like an ahi tuna kind of a little bit of an ahi hahi tuna, but he's like, you know, any type of tuna will do that and some peanut butter. And it's like you're never yeah, gonna forget that. You're gonna let him no, that's gr- that's gross. That's that's like repulsive. That's like people who put ketchup on bratwurst. That's that's disgusting. Ooh. I just can't imagine how that smells. But I, I don't want to think about. It. I can't. <laughs> don't think about it. Yeah, that's not. No, not, not today's not the day. Um, so, so another team here. We have uh, uh, FC Tucson. Next, they uh, got obliterated in the semifinal to Union Omaha. I was in complete shock because I really thought that was going to be a tough game or a closer game. Um, but that red card didn't help them. Um, and they lost Charlie Dennis, which was probably their biggest loss. And, and Shaq. Uh, Shaq Adams um, to Charleston and Charlie Dennis to Oakland, who I hope we can beat next week. But uh, um, those are some big losses for them. Uh, those are two of their biggest player players, and uh, you know I I don't want to give away a prediction too early, but I don't I don't think they're gonna be as good as they were last season. Um, I I feel like that just those two players alone uh, is just gonna hinder their attack. Losing those players has hindered their their attack, and I don't know where he's going to come from at the moment. Um, you know, they they have they have fight in them, and, and they're, they were always fun to watch, but um, I don't see them having as good of a season as last year. Mm-hmm. I do I think... think the, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I think we're probably saying the same thing, so you could probably say it better than I can. So, <laughs> I do think that they are going to be a little more stable this year. Like, you know, coming into the beginning of the season was horrible i mean they had i think it was seven seven of their red, red cards were before the end of june you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh they they were desperate to get restarted and so i think coming into this year with perlman at the helm at the beginning uh, i do think there's going to be a lot more stability a lot less goals leaked um I, I don't i wrote something about them a while ago i don't remember the numbers i think it was like the difference of, of goals per game over across from the beginning of the season to the end of june and then from the beginning of July to the end of the season was massive. Uh, and so I, I do think that's going to be big for them. Um, in the meantime, being able to grind out some more results instead of um, having to constantly play, you know, four to three soccer. Um, but I, do, I that, that you're right. That is a huge question mark coming out of that attack. I, I do like Tyler Allen coming in um, from Madison. I think that's going to be a, a I think he's going to be important for them. And of course, I think Geo Calixtro is going to be huge for them. I think he's going to have a big season, or 
he needs to have a big season if they're mm -hmm. going to do well. Mm -hmm. And for the USL championship people, the big storyline there was uh, FC Tucson was all the way down at 11th, which with North Carolina playing the way they did last year was essentially last place. And they made a change at the top and Perlman came in and he took a group uh, all the way to the fourth seed. And, you know, I think uh, I, for one, thought that it was a real shame uh, at the beginning of the season that they were doing so badly. They had a lot of talent. I know I had them as a playoff championship game dark horse. And so I was really trying to uh, go back and delete those tweets so no one could find them. But, you know, he really came through with that group of talent. And I think it's going to be interesting what he does when he kind of gets to be the guy who builds a team up. And I think that's really going to be the big determining factor because, you know, they had a Ferrari last year, but they were, you know, jumping the clutch and everything else. And he came in and made it hum, but let's see what he can do with his own guys. And it should be, should be fun all around. Cause that's really a huge storyline. I think there's 37 guys that left for championship across the league. So there's a big talent vacuum and it's going to be interesting to see who fills it. And it might just come down to coaching. And I think Perlman's a pretty good coach. Should have won coach of the year last year. Mims won, so I can't complain, but, you know, we'll see what they can do. Well, I mean, it says a lot. He's been there for, I mean, how many years now? Since 2011, right? At least. Mm -hmm. So All the way since they were uh, like an amateur club. Mm -hmm. That's a long time. That's a long time. But we'll see what happens. You know, if their players play for him, they, they could have a good team. But um, I don't know. Some of their losses were hard, but. We'll see. And that big loss in the playoffs was hard. <laughs> uh, so, so, Chip, uh, here I'm looking at the storylines, and you, the, for Richmond kickers, just disrespect to Emilio. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. So I sometimes fall guilty to the cardinal sin of trying to be clever when I shouldn't be. And so <laughs> with some of these notes, I got a little bit too mm -hmm. clever, which is this one's probably one of them. And I like so, it. Emilio Terzaghi, he is the Argentinian. I guess you, you can't call him a wonder kid anymore. He's a little bit old. I think he's 32, <laughs> 33. But yeah, his hairline definitely isn't doing him any favors. But. Yeah, but Richmond, the year before he came in in 2019, was one of the worst teams in the league. Not a lot to talk about, not a lot of good storylines. He came in with a, a talented group of people, and he won the MVP and he won the Golden Boot in 2020, and then he came back in 2021. He won the Golden Boot. He won the MVP award, which, you know, we can debate all day long if Dami Vieira should have won it instead of Emilio, but that's, you know, it happened. He won. So he's won twice in a row. He's won two Golden Boots. And the media, which I guess technically includes us now, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty quiet on it. And, you know, even the Richmond fans that I've talked to are like, oh, well, you know, let's look at Irvin Parra at NOCO or let's look at... Uh, William down at Fuego or, you know, some guy from Omaha and like, no one, no one's talking about, it's like the, we don't talk about Bruno song, right? We, we don't talk about Emilio. And it's like, we should be talking about Emilio. It's a great story. He's came and he almost singly single-handedly turned around that team into like a perennial playoff team. And I kind of think Richmond's going to be kind of the bellwater bellwater team for how this, how the league did this year versus last year. Uh, they brought back pretty much everybody. They had Olex Anderson leave. Uh, they had two big retirements and Ivan Magales and one more I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, for the most part, everyone's back. And, you know, they they finished fifth in a very tight race last year on the very last day of the season. You know, I think if they kind of cross, you know, 
cross that three, four, three, two line, you know, maybe the league's kind of decreased with all the talent leaving, but if they're down below, it probably shows that the league while losing a lot of talent, you know, brought more in and is continuing to develop and build talent, which I think is ultimately for league one, what's going to make the league sustainable in the long term is finding, identifying and developing talent and selling it on to championship and other leagues. Yeah. And I think going along with that, the, you know, they lost Calvo out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. or what the story was on, that. but I mean, they got, I mean, Kaylor mentioned it. I, I think Stephen Payne's a right back. I'm not sure. Uh, I may be completely ignorant on that one. And then, you know, Stuart Ritchie and a couple of other players who are, who are coming in and going to fight for that spot. And I think, um, I think that's going to be big for them as well. Uh, cause he was, he was really important for their team. Um, you know, obviously it's like he carried pretty much, pretty much carried it. But if you look at like, I think one player who I think is going to have a fantastic year with Richmond is uh, Bolaños. Uh, if you look at like where their threat came from, obviously you have Vignoles on that right side as well, or the left side as well. But most of their threat for the season, I mean, they were like the leaders in um, threat down the left side of the field. And obviously he doesn't have a ton to show for it, like base statistically wise, um, like goals and assists. But I really think that he's going to be big. Um, just because, I mean, literally out of every team in the league, Richmond was the most threatening down that left side in the attacking half of the field. Uh, they pretty much owned that left side. And so those two players, Vignoles and um, Bolaños, will be really important, but especially Bolaños. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kayla, can you put up the uh, NCFC keeper comment real quick? So one, Gio was at this game and sent me a great video. But two, uh, that keeper's name is Jake McGuire. He now plays for the Miami FC. So all you Eastern Conference fans can go watch him play and have a good heckle. That's that's our gift for you tonight. <laughs> he might do it again, though. Watch out. Um, just a little little segue here. But I'd like to know what you guys think about those uh, Richmond Kickers kits that they came out with, those classic kits. How do you guys feel about them? If I had the cash, like, oh, yeah, I'd buy all of them (laughs) without hesitation. Without hesitation. Yeah, Yeah, I I thought they were nice. I like the the logo. I'm not a fan of their – we did the crest thing, and I'm not very very smart when it comes to national monuments um, in in crest, but, uh, you know, and also with uh, random comets like the hailstorm and and, – and Richmond kickers, but I do love th- these kits that they have. And uh, we have a kid season show, and we're going to be reviewing those this week. Uh, this week, I believe, or next week for everybody to see. Um, we're going to do all League One kits because I know Thursday we're going to have the Bolt kit from Tormenta. We should have Greenville's kit this week also at some point, hopefully, okay, so I can go to right. the store. We have to. <laughs> we're going to see it on Saturday. So. <laughs> Um, so we have a yeah, lot of kids coming. So we'll have a kid season episode of all League One teams coming next week. Um, and speaking of kits, Forward Madison is the next team that we want to talk about. Um, I'll take this one. <laughs> I'll let you t- I will give it to you as <laughs> you can. You can have it. <laughs> so um, I was gonna plug the kit season episode more. Um, I am a, a known hater of the Madison kit design thing yeah. i personally uh don't like looking like an energy drink can when i wear a jersey 
Uh, that's not something I really like, which is why I think like uh, Richmond kind of getting all the love for uh, their kits is so great because I think they're very classic. They're very clean designs that, you know, aren't, aren't boring and they resonate with the fan base, especially with the, the long history that Richmond has a club. I believe they're the oldest uh, continually running professional club in the United States, which is super cool. It's tied with them, but yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's cool that they can harken back to that with the green. I believe uh, Elliot, who has River City 93, and is also on Walk in 90 with me and Brandon and some other wonderful folks. Um, you can catch our show on Thursday as we break down League One if you want even more League One action. Uh, so that their original colors were uh, green and navy blue, but then they switched to Manchester United colors when a former Manchester United player came in. So fun fact, the green is not a random selection. But so Madison, if you've been around the internet, you've probably heard the very tired joke that I'm going to say it and every Madison fan's going to groan and every non-Madison fan in the league's going to laugh even though they've heard it a hundred times. I hope Kyle's Madison. I hope so too. He already knows what I'm going to say, so I don't really care. Uh, (laughs) More kits than wins. That was the battle cry for every single team that faced Madison last year was I think they had eight kits, not including goalkeeper kits. Uh, and that's not counting their reversible kit as two different kits. That's counting it as one kit. Mm-hmm. So if you count it as two, it's but nine. But Benny did say they wore them differently. Yeah, so Benny. I think mm-hmm. if you listen to our interview kit. on Walk in 90 with Benny Delgado, the player liaison of Walk, uh, Ford Madison, he'll tell you that the kits that the players wore actually weren't reversible. They were two separate oh. kits. So we'll I tell the story. that. Yeah, so we'll tell the story because it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. When they came out with the kit, they were playing at Greenville, and they were up like two, two zero at halftime. And you know, <laughs> someone got the great idea of, "Hey, like we're in the reversible kit, let's reverse it and go out there and play the second half." So I think all the Greenville fans were just very confused what was going on. I know they made the goalie change because all of a sudden it was too close in color, and then they blew the lead, and I believe they ended up losing three two. So. I think it was a draw. Draw. But I think it was a draw. I was there too, and I I heard about the kit change too before mm-hmm. the game that it was going to happen, mm-hmm. and that I was just, are are you seriously doing this in a real game today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, on the road. Was that the one when yeah. Lomas tied with the penalty? In the like he tied it, it was towards the. Penalty. I think it. Yeah. 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 But anyways, the the joke about Ford Madison having more kits than wins is tired even though it's funny. So we have a new one. More managers than playoff appearances. So Madison's (laughs) been around for four years. They had uh, Daryl Shore the first two years. Uh, The first year they finished in fourth place on the last day before losing to North Texas in the playoffs. Uh, In 2020, they finished seventh place and decided to part ways with Daryl Shore and brought on a new coach, Carl Craig, formerly of... Uh, the Minnesota Thunder, who became the Minnesota United MLS team, along with a couple other stops. He was there for a year. After their uh, ninth place finish this year, Madison parted ways with him again. There's a really wonderful article on Madison 365 about kind of his departure and kind of the scuttlebutt around it. Great read. They did great work over there. And they brought in a new coach this year who is a the goalkeeper coach from Sacramento. And so now he is the third coach in four years and yes they so that's kind of the big joke about madison that the rest of the usl league one fans say and now that we've had some fun at their expense let's kind of talk about 
uh, Madison last year. Uh, so Madison had a lot of problems uh, scoring goals, and then they had a lot of problems conceding late goals. Uh, and so in the offseason, it seems like the biggest retooling they've done is around their defense. They brought in a couple guys on offense that are probably going to be pretty good. Uh, Cassini is the big one. He spent some time at some top European clubs before appearing in the Bulgarians' first or second league, and now he's in Madison um, first league. And then, um, but the big story is they just are like addicted to center backs. They've signed like six awesome center backs. So they've signed Mitchell Osmond, who came from uh, Oklahoma City. If you go by John from USL Tactics, uh, goals above replacement models, he's at a 93% in GAR, which means he was like an all league caliber type of guy. And he went from playing, yeah. And now he's in Madison and they have some international players there. The one they just signed to add to their embarrassment of Richmond's in the center back was actually the guy who scored the heartbreaking goal against the United States men's national team in uh, 2018 to deny us 2017. I don't follow the US team. It was on, on Gio's, my birthday. On Gio's birthday. I have a funny I have a funny story. I had so many people. The way I worded the tweet, I guess, was my fault, but I had so many people tell me happy birthday because I was saying that what he did was on my birthday in October 10th, 2017. Um made me cry like a baby. So uh, yeah, I'm not gonna have a good time watching him play <laughs> well, this and, season. Yeah, and Madison definitely is embracing their like villain role in the league. <laughs> If you are a, a non-USL1 fan, you probably think of Madison as like the big cuddly team with cool kits. And to the rest of the League One, they're like, I don't know, every they're like the scourge of the rest of the League One. And everyone's like, I'm tired of hearing about the stupid fucking drip kit. We're we're done. Like they suck. Let's let's talk about something else. And so um that really embraced that villain role, announcing that on the same day as a pivotal US men's national team game uh, versus Mexico last week. And so I think uh, that's going to be pretty helpful for them. Uh, traditionally, they've been pretty good at this kind of like ugly defensive uh, soccer, and they haven't been great at scoring. I think they're going to have a really, really strong back line, and I think that's going to help them out a lot, especially in the beginning of the season as they try to figure out their offense and figure out which weapons work, which weapons don't work. They finished ninth last year. I think – I don't want to say they're going to be a – be a playoff team, but I think that they're going to be a much more competitive team this year. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll see. And we'll give our friends in Madison something to smile about for once. And, you know, we'll have to make new jokes about them, which is fine. We'll always find jokes. Well, um, I know they came out with their kid already and it's, 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 it's not as uh, busy as their other kids. So yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's a good thing. Um, yeah. They, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, my only my only yeah my only note was I wish they would like desaturate the pink a bit. It's a little mm-hmm. bit too Pepto Bismol pink for my taste. I think if you went with like a like a powder pink or something, it'd look a little bit bit nicer. But when they yeah. when they when they swap kits at halftime in the Greenfield game last season, the whole time in the supporter section we were just chanting Pepto Bismol. I, I remember that because um, <clears throat> that pink that pink was ugly. But, yeah. Um, I think I described their kit to my wife as the kit of another USL one team trying to make a forward Madison fit kit. Cause it definitely doesn't have like their hallmark, like pastels or I, I'm going to mm-hmm. use the T where the tackiness normal mm-hmm. of their normal jerseys. It's, 
mm-hmm. you know, surprisingly restrained for mm-hmm. for them, which you know I think is better. But I don't know mm-hmm. how they yeah. feel about it. But I personally think they're going to be better this season. Um, mm-hmm. They just, um, but who knows? Uh, I know Brandon is high on Drew Connor, also. Um, so I'm excited to see him play. He came from Indy, is that right? Or um, I can't yeah. remember. He came from Chicago uh, House. Chicago, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so he, he's played for Chicago Fire. He's played for yeah. So I'm excited to see some I mean, of the they players. Brought in a that lot they of oh yeah. So well, and one of those center backs might end up being a striker, like like trimming him. <laughs> Who knows? By the end of the season. Um, yeah, and hopefully, um, hopefully we don't miss more goal calls. Uh, Ross doesn't miss any more goal calls during those <laughs> we'll games. We'll get to you later, Ross. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> I just had to bring that up. Anytime I think about Madison, I think about that that video. Oh, they were letting him have it that game too. <laughs> he was getting a lot of hate from up north, considering they should be pretty happy about that two zero win. And I was like, I don't know. Ross always does a good job. I I always enjoy the games he calls for us. Yeah, I love him. I love when I can't go to a Greenville game. I love, I love at least having to listen to his majestic voice. Um, so the next team we have here is Tormenta. Um, you have here the surprise hit of winter twenty twenty two with four players sold on, and these people know how to do business. Mm-hmm. If if any team in League One, they need to take notes on this team. They have done a good job this off season, although they did lose. Um, Mr. Mr. Tormenta uh, in Megaletto, they have revamped their team this season. Um, I'm excited to see what Sterling has to bring. Um, I, I don't know much about him other than there's pictures of him with Harry Kane and out there. So it's going to be exciting. Um, I'm a big fan of theirs. I think uh, I love going to their away games. Um, yeah, Bolt up. Uh, Bolt is awesome. Uh, their front office is exceptional. All those guys up there have been so so just welcoming um, when it, I've met them in FIFA tournaments and, and um, just interacting with them. Um, everybody in the front office is really welcoming to, to anything. Um, and they've done good business this season. Um, they have their new stadium this season. Uh, I think not going to be ready just yet but we got a few months i believe i think uh, july is when it's yeah. going to be open don't quote me on that yeah um but i'm excited to see it. i'm excited to go to a game up there um and them have their own stadium and i'll be a little bit jealous um but i love those away games over there they have great tailgate great atmosphere um sometimes we bring a little bit more fans there but it, it makes the games really fun I promise this this time we will not set off any smoke bombs. Uh, I know who there. I don't know who brought it in. I'm not gonna snitch, <laughs> but, but it happened, and I'm sorry. <laughs> and, um, but um, they had some exciting signings. So, so how do you guys feel about them? Brandon's a hater. That's how Brandon feels about him. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I'm not a hater. I do think that yeah, it I mean, wasn't me, Taylor. <laughs> they had so much talent. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Azabliati is literally getting minutes for DC United. Granted, some of that's mm-hmm. down to injury. Marco Micheletto is the captain of Columbus crew, too. They sold off Stefan Muller. Uh, I might have watched his name. Um, 
and they just sold Rodney Michael to Indy 11. I mean, an embarrassment of riches. And the thing was they – and then also Luca went off to, to Europe to play in Austria. I mean, and for them to underperform the way they did was just mm-hmm. – it was frustrating to me. Um, it's, not a, it's not a matter of – I really like their team. I think they're fantastic. I love everything about them, honestly. Um, I do – it was really frustrating to see that, that underperformance. I mean, they just didn't create a ton. Um, and yeah, I, I think I'm really excited about Kingsford this year. Yeah. Um, I do think they're going to, because I mean, he is, if I remember correctly, I mean, and one issue they had was creating a lot of chances and Kingsford, I mean, he was top 50 in shots taken in the country, um, at the NCAA level. And so I really think they're going to have, that's going to be a little bit easier this year, maybe, um, and they and they've got some brought some good talent from inside, and I'm a big fan of that. So um, I I do don't I don't rate them super high. And that's not because I don't think their players are good. More of that's just based off of history. And so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go off the you're I'm gonna put you in the same place till you prove me wrong kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone's talking about Sterling, but they should be talking about Kingsford. I think Kingsford's gonna be the guy that. You know, there's a lot, there's not a lot of palpable buzz around him, but he seems to be the guy that really like jumps off the page, especially when you, you watch his highlight videos and you kind of hear his coaches talk about him and everything else. I think um, if they can figure out their midfield, they had a a really hard time uh, Mm -hmm. going from defense to attack last year. And they had a lot of turnovers in the attacking third, like criminally high amount of them. If they can kind of figure out some of that transition play. They could be really dangerous, and I think uh, with the league as wide open as it is, uh, you can probably make a few mistakes and make up for it later in the year or not have it shoot you in the foot and have it cost you a playoff chance. But, you know, if they can kind of get that figured out, uh, they should be fun to watch. I know over on Walking 90, we always call them our our vibes team. There's a lot of fun to watch. You're probably going to see a lot of goals uh, from both ends. You're going to see exciting games and you know, I think uh, I think everyone's always cheering for Tormented. They run a, a real tight ship down there. They do everything right, and uh, it'd be really nice to see them have some success this year. Uh, just mm-hmm. hopefully not at the expense of Omaha. For sure. Well, and to, on the Omaha point, I mean, you think about the Otsuno, him coming in. That's going to be fantastic for their midfield. It's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Raw and Heckenberg as well. Um, I mean, their midfield's kind of coming together. I do think you know. They're it. I, I say they're like one injury away from chaos, like feeling like a little chaotic. But I went and looked at the 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 numbers on on the rosters, and I think I think it's five teams have the same number of players as they do. Granted, I think they're the only team with uh, eighteen players that has three goalkeepers. Um, but uh, they have one of the best keepers in the league already. So starting, yeah, but I mean, yeah, so a lot of teams are where they are right now as far as signings go. They're not, other than Charlotte, they have eight, according according to Transfer Market. Um, but, yeah, I, I really think that things are coming together there. And then they brought in the, the, the you know, formal, former national champion from Marshall, um, Jamil Roberts, today. So they've got some exciting stuff going on. I'd love to see them do well because I think I've said it over and over again, I think their run – better than pretty much any other team in the league. Sorry, mm-hmm. 
we'll see what happens. I'm I'm excited to watch them play. I'm excited to go to their games. I'm excited to see their new stadium whenever it's open. Um, and I, I think they'll be a lot more competitive this season than last, even with some of the losses they've had. Um, big losses, but we'll see. Um, next is Brandon's um, actual favorite team. <laughs> this is Brandon's hot take team. This is the this one is, where he says it is, and everyone's like, yeah, this is his, his real love right here. Yeah, really he not, just yeah. happens to live in Greenville and has I'm to like them. Yeah, Dreamville. They are, Dreamville. they are Raleigh, and NC, NC State just lost. I'm a big NC State fan. NC State just lost in double overtime to, to UConn, which kind of – I might leave. Um, no. <laughs> you might cry. But, yeah, so they're, in, they're basically in Raleigh. So, yeah, that's – it's true. Anyways, I do. I'm a big fan of NCFC, just in terms of like on paper. Um, I do think there's some stuff to figure out. It seems like even with preseason, which again, preseason isn't necessarily an indicator of too much. Uh, although I do think, again, to the point of Tormenta, after the preseason they've had, that's an indicator of good things, right? You see nothing but you see an undefeated preseason, especially one that includes the Tampa Bay Rowdies. I think that's a good that's a good indicator that they're improving. But on the other end, uh, I'm not sure. NCFC might have won. Maybe won one or two. Um, they won one. And they lost, I know they. Uh, I know they won one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. lost to Charlotte. I do. Today. So I'm a big Our, fan of Jordan. Yeah, yeah, two one, uh, and they lost to Richmond two one as well. But I mean, Richmond uh, that's a big game. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the players they brought in players they still have and like as far as metrics go um they were kind of they kind of got screwed over a lot to be honest i mean they they let in less goals than they were supposed to um part of that is the fact that nick holiday when he came in he was absolutely lights out uh, in the 500 minutes he played he was definitely by far the best goalkeeper in the league um as far as metrics go uh, there was no one, no one statistically better than Nick Holiday um, in that amount of time. Obviously, that's a small amount of time, but still. Um, and then bringing in Garrett McLaughlin is going to be big. I think he's he's a he's a pretty solid option. I'm a big fan of Nicholas Molina as well. And then you know, obviously, Kaylor loves um, Jaden Cervania, and they brought in Choquette to here as well. I, I really, I'm going to stop naming all their players. I really am excited for the talent they brought in. And I think that if everything clicks, it'll go really well. If it doesn't, uh, if they struggle to score again, if they struggle to create again, um, then yeah, it's it's not. It's gonna, I think it could end up the exact same way. I think they're going to be more defensively solid this year. Jordan Skelton's huge. He is a very vocal character, from what I hear, and uh, I mean led the led the menace last season to a, a title. And um, I think that's going to be a, that's going to be big for the, for a back line that really struggled uh, with organization last year for a, a defense as a whole. You know, the defensive structure that struggled with organization last year, having someone like him in the back line is going to be huge, uh, especially with all the younger players around him. And so, uh, for me, they addressed pretty much every concern, um, minus maybe the midfield, which you know you brought in Raheem Summersall and you've got Nelson Martinez that's not bad. And you got Pekka as well. And so I'm really excited about the talent at their disposal. Now, how well it goes is still, you know, that's up for debate. So we'll see. 
Yeah, I um, I think you and I talked about before that they were just really prone to mental lapses, especially in defense a lot of the time. Um, yeah, even the games against Greenville, we would get get in behind way too easily, um, and that's what lost the game in those those key games for them. Um, they lost a lot of points that way that they could. I mean, they were they had a decent team, a bunch of kids, but they they were playing. They I mean, and they had one of the best, one of my favorite players to watch with JT. And he was, they, I just, they didn't, I just feel like they didn't know how to get the most out of him. Um, Miss Cheech, I think he was, he was a solid player too. Um, but I think they're, they're going to look much more organized this season with, with some of the players they've brought in. Um, now that they have season under their belt, um, you know, a lot of these young guys are, are, are going to know what it's like to be a professional now and, and show up this season. So. And a couple of them think, played on the stage, you know, like mm-hmm. we had they have two international appearances now under their belt at NCFC. That's which big. Not a lot. Yeah, not a lot of teams mm-hmm. can speak for. Yeah, and I think the big number to show that there may be a little bit more serious this year is the fact that they had 15 academy players on the first team last year and only seven this year. I think, you know, going down after COVID for them was kind of a stopgap measure to make sure that the club would continue to survive. They stopped the bleeding. You know, they're off the table. They're they're not out of the hospital, but they're they're trying to get out there. And I think it's going to be really interesting. And I think one of the interesting things about League One is you have a lot of different philosophies on how to build a team. And I think as the league continues to grow, um, having a core competency like Tormenta's or NCFC's of finding local talent and developing it might be the winning strategy in the end, uh, just because you're going to know these guys a lot better and be able to do uh, a lot with less and not have to pay money to bring in transfers or money on big scouting or big contracts for European players. And, you know, I think it's a, a good long-term strategy for them, especially if, as Brandon says, it starts paying off and they start seeing some transfer fees come in and they start seeing some su- success on the field. I think we're going to be blown away by that in the next couple of years. I mean, with Nicola, mm-hmm. they where he's going, Britain Fisher going where he's going. I mean, young out in France for a couple of weeks. They both hung out in Germany this summer. Mm-hmm. They're obviously not old enough to sign professional contracts yet, so they're not going to get those offers from those big clubs, but they're being eyed by big mm-hmm. clubs. Big clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that commitment by NCFC, um, I think it's it's funny right now because you know they lost bad last season, but I don't think it's going to be very funny <laughs> come, coming very soon. I think, that, I think we're going to realize how – how that commitment to, to youth development is going to pay massive dividends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're with... going. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say I think you're going to see some some teams who weren't paying attention in the off season, uh, and some fans who are talking maybe some shit about them be real surprised when all of a sudden they're down two zero to torment or to NCFC in the first half. I think uh, you know I don't I don't I'm not as high on them as Brandon is, but I think they're definitely going to be a hard out, and it's not going to be a team that you can you know look over last year like he could last year. I think they're going to make uh, – I think they'll be end up just out of the playoff, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him slipping out of the sixth or fifth seed. I think it's going to be be really, really, really tight in this league. And I just think with the youth, they're going to be just a little bit too sloppy to make it in, but they're going to be you know, a team that maybe you're not looking forward to playing in October this year. I agree wholeheartedly. I agree, and I think <clears> – <throat> I, I respect them a lot for playing their kids. I wish, you know, I, I'm fairly jealous that Greenville doesn't have that. Yet we have a few academy players, but 
one of them I've never never seen the field. Another one only played because of traveling for to Toronto last season, but that's all we got. Um, you know, and I'd love to see more of that. Uh, I'd love to see more of that here in Greenville. I'd love to see a lot of other League One teams do that because um, with a mix of having academy players and a lot of the talent that we're bringing in, I think that'll take the league on another level, especially once like, – I'm going to say once NCFC makes those moves because they will. You know, the, the, the kids are going to go somewhere. You know, playing the World Cup qualifiers for El Salvador – you know, and that's an up and coming. You know, they're they're not going to make the World Cup this year, but four years from now, you know, they they're going to be very competitive with and and we have what I think two players from NCFC that have played for El Salvador. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, Holiday, he's going to be a big player. I I don't think he's going to go to MLS. I think he's going to go straight to Europe once he's able. Yeah. Um, he's so, got. Uh, he's probably got an offer in Germany waiting on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's going to be a big Cause... one. It won't be surprising, um, and mostly. And I respect their coach very much, Brad John Bradford, I believe. John Bradford, um, yeah. I I've watched his inter- I've listened to his interviews, and uh, you know I know he reached out to a lot of fans to to talk about you know their their thoughts on the team and 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 asked to meet with them, and I and I respect that a lot. Coming from a coach that they obviously it wasn't good enough for them, it wasn't good enough for him either. And so they're they're wanting to change that, and and I respect that incredibly, and I, I really hope nothing but the best for them, um, and I I hope to have a fun rivalry with them being so close, um, and I mean their facilities are beautiful. That field they have is I'm so jealous of it, um, and they're awake men, and so you know I'm excited to see what they can do. Do you guys want to hear a fun story about Bradford? Sure. So when Brad Bradford was on Walk in 90 with uh, Ebony and Yogi after the NCFC Richmond game, and we learned a fun fact about the meal planning at NCFC. This year, for every home game, there is a team meal at 3 o'clock where every player has to attend. Do you know why that is, Gio? Somebody was starving. <laughs> like half their team like didn't know to eat before games. So, you know, one of those being JT Kamira would just roll up like on an empty stomach with, you know, like a hard boiled egg and a juice box in the stomach from lunch, just ball out. He went to Richmond on an apple and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some Haribos on the, <laughs> yeah. he's eating some Haribos on the bus ride down and that was, that was it. <laughs> and then drops an absolute master class in Richmond. Yeah. So they're having a mandatory meal time now before the games because their players were as he put it, they were so green that they didn't know that you're supposed to eat four games. That's funny. <clears throat> that's funny. But, but I mean, that's what I mean. They 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 got a year under their belt of not know not to starve themselves and know how to be professional soccer players now, you know, and, and regardless of their age. Um, so now, just, just imagine if they eat, how good they might be. <laughs> so, but the, I know Holiday eats. He's a big boy. <laughs> but they're gonna be a fun vitamin team to watch. D milk. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but if we go to the other side of North Carolina, we have uh, another team here, Charlotte Um Independence. And um They won a game. They did. They won they beat <laughs> NCFC. They did. Gotta get my jokes um, off though. <laughs> um, <laughs> I um 
I wasn't shocked that they came in. You know, I really wish Pitbull would have bought them. That would have been the biggest, the biggest League One story this season. That <laughs> Pitbull is the owner of Charlotte Independence after all the troubles they've had with their uh, owners and whatnot. But um, what's they they lost Para, which was probably their best chance at scoring some goals, in my opinion, coming in. Um, Andy, they lost him to a League One team. They did. He, he just said, yeah. I've had enough of Charlotte. I'm mm-hmm. gone. I'm going to NOCO. Not even going to stay. Like, I'm just going to play for a better team. He knew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Um, yeah. Or up-and-coming team, at least. Um, I don't rate them at all. I, you know, And I know I we didn't watch the game against Greenville. We put three up on them in the first half. You know, and and uh, in a preseason game, and I know it's just preseason, but um, I don't expect anything from them. Honestly, I think they'll be. I feel like they might be worse than NCFC was last season, um, in my opinion. Um, what are your thoughts on them? I think I think they're in the triage unit. I mean, I think they're. <laughs> I think they're doing what NCFC did last year was I think uh, with the MLS team coming into town, maybe if they weren't hurting, they kind of foresaw that continuing to compete at the championship level maybe wasn't going to be the best thing for them. I know that their attendance has been down a bit, but they moved to a new field downtown, which is probably pretty cool. Uh, they have $99 season tickets, so that's probably going to get a lot of families out there, um, mm-hmm. a lot of younger folk out there to games. And I think you know they're kind of hoping that they can get some of that stuff to work and build up enough to the point where they can be competitive at the league one level. And I think this year they're just trying to keep the lights on and make it at every game. Um, hopefully, hopefully we're surprised, you know, cause I don't think anybody, it's not good for the league to have a punching bag. You know, you need every team to be there, put up some fight, have some good moments. But I think for Charlotte, it, it kind of seems like a do or die year when it just comes to just, making it through and making it on to next one. I think for them, that's kind of the, the moral victory of making it this year is if they play in 2023. Yeah. And so far they've kept one player that has played any significant number of minutes. And he, and he was pretty good. I mean, Clay Dimmick um, is their one player. They that played more than I think three games. They had a couple other people who they resigned, but didn't really see time. And of course that's fair considering they were literally, you know, second place in their division last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, because they don't, I mean, it wasn't, it's it's like NCFC, but it's not, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's so many other factors to this story that make it more complicated um, that, you know, we, we don't need to belabor those points, but mm-hmm. um, it's just going to be more complicated. And um, I think that's going to be the biggest issue, isn't 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 just dropping down, but all the other stuff they have to deal with as well. Um, that'll just be a, a cloud until and a cloud over them until they start performing well. Mm-hmm. And I think too, with I think we all kind of have heard about Charlotte, um, the Charlotte FC, the MLS team, and their exorbitant seems like a fair word to call their tickets. Um, the fact that you can buy season tickets for the Independence for less than you can buy like mid-level single game tickets for a family of four. I mean, you know, maybe you're going to have a lot of people that really like that value option, that family friendly option, as opposed to kind of more of a uh, produced, I guess we would call it atmosphere at Charlotte FC. And, you know, they're, 
maybe that'll do well for them because I think Charlotte's a city that I think has gotten the soccer bug. They set a record of 76,000 or something for their first MLS game. And I, don't know, I just don't think that it, their prices that are charging are affordable for most families long-term. And so I think independence, especially being downtown might benefit with that, especially if they can put on an entertaining and fun product mm -hmm. on the field. Yeah, that'll be key. I mean, I think the cheapest season ticket for the MLS side is four times mm -hmm. the cost of the base season ticket for uh, the independents. So, uh, and four times plus a little more. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting for sure to see how they do. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about the fun teams. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we got our two new teams in the league. Um, with Central Valley Fuego first. Um, I'm super excited to see them in the league. Um, <clears throat> I am kind of scared of BJ, and uh, I know he's quality. Um, and so I'm super excited this weekend to see them play, um, how they play. Um, I know, Brandon, you believe that they're going to have the top attendance in the, in the league, I believe. Yeah, what was that number that uh... – they were pulling before, even when they were a League Two side. What was it? Yeah, so they're pulling over 3,000 people a game on average, League Two. I think they had some playoff appearances where they had 6,000-plus. When they were the Fresno Foxes, they were at 4,800 their first year in a baseball stadium, 4,200 after they didn't do so hot. I mean, they packed them in. It sounds like there's a lot of interest in the community, and I think you know the Fuego brand kind of is more of like the brand, I think, that resonates with the people. I think they're just kind of happy to have pro soccer, but – there seems to be a giant groundswell of support for the team in uh, Fresno. And I think, um, you know, my hot take on walking 90 was for Omaha was Omaha was going to outdraw Madison for um, attendance this year again, but they weren't going to be the top team in the league. And then my, my big reveal was that I thought Fresno was going to be the top team in attendance for the league. And, and I think I, I could see him setting the league uh, average attendance record as well, which is only 4,200, which I think is probably pretty doable for him. Well, and I think, I mean, I'm trying to think of more than like one player that's not from Fresno. Mm -hmm. That's the coolest part about it is How it's, many players are I'm trying to think, I think uh, there might only be one or two players that aren't from Fresno on the whole team, which, you know, is even cooler. And again, like we kind of talk about developmental strategies, there's just a lot of talent there in Fresno and they've gotten guys who could probably play elsewhere and hired leagues want to come back and, you know, play for Fresno. So I think it's really cool if they develop those guys as uh, kids, see them off to other franchises, and then they return like wild geese back home to Fresno to play at the end of their career in Fresno. It's it's another like really interesting and intriguing uh, strategy long-term for the league. Yeah. yeah I think I they're going to be a really fun team I, to watch. I rated them Ooh. really lowly as an idiot. <laughs> Uh, like two months ago. And I mean, looking back now, like that was one of the dumbest things I could have done. They, I mean, just looking at numbers as far as like minutes played in the championship, they have as, they have as many minutes uh, in in the championship. I think it's a lot, a lot of championship teams. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, Bijev alone has played over 12,000 minutes in the championship. Mm -hmm. And he and, scores goals. Yes. He does. And, and he assists too. I mean, mm -hmm. he is like the epitome of a, uh, you know, dual service, like a 
a second mm-hmm. striker, I guess. Really good at, um, you know, scoring and assisting. And so I think he's got he's got a lot in his locker. They're scary, and mm-hmm. um, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what to expect come Saturday, honestly. Uh, yeah. From Green's perspective. I don't know either. I think it's going to be it's going to be a different team than 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 we're used to playing. I think them having so much local talent, um, good talent, first season they have nothing to lose. Just come out and and earn the respect of the league by you know first game being away against one of the best teams in the league since the beginning to come out and show them show what they got. And so I expect them to be. Very attacking. Um, just go go for a win. Uh, it it's hard to tell because we've never watched them play, but it's super exciting. And I think they're they're a great addition to the league. And I hope to see them for years to come, um, especially with the with the attendance numbers that they have. Um, I mean, it's only it's only going to make the league better. And putting out a strong team year one. Is super exciting. It's only going to help the league grow, um, especially if they make a make a fun run and and, and they're super competitive off the bat. Um, that's exciting. You know, it's it's definitely a step up from some of the two teams that we had uh, in the past. So, the, so that that that's actually exciting part. You know, they're replacing some of these two teams that, and then and so, we'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited for Saturday. Um, do you have any other thoughts on Fuego Chip before we move on to the hailstorm? Yeah, I think um, of the two new new teams, I think they're both going to be pretty good. But I think uh, the comment that I had was they're kind of like the DCFC of League One, if you haven't covered that already. So they mm-hmm. have a lot of NISA guys, which... Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you are a big follower of, you know, hashtag soccer wars for DCFC, that was a big question of, man, they brought in a lot of NISA guys. Are they going to be able to compete at the USLC level? I think the question is the jury's jury still kind of out. They won this weekend. Didn't look super hot in their first two games. I think you'll kind of see the same kind of conversation with Fuego. I think Fuego's really, really tough at the top 11 spots. But then after you get through those 11, they're a little bit, softer with a lot of those nisa guys and it'll be interesting to see if they compete and if they can i think you'll see a lot of other league one and championship teams look more to nisa than maybe they have in the past to kind of fill up their roster spots yeah i think um i think they have a good base of the squad um you know we'll see how they do you know as far as their depth goes um it's going to be a long season um and a lot of these guys are going to play a lot of minutes. So um, we'll see how they do. Um, I'm excited for, to see them live this Saturday. Yeah. And the uh, next team, unfortunately, I believe they don't play this weekend, just like Omaha. Um, Hailstorm. Uh, they're an exciting team, too. Um, just as exciting as Fuego. They came in with all the signings in the world. Um, getting Para from Charlotte and Lachlan McLean from Greenville. Um, <clears throat> one of my friends from England, he uh, he's super excited for Hailstorm for getting uh, he, the way he, he says, he calls him naughty naughty because that's how they say 
his name and um and i you know they they're making a lot of noise and um i'm excited to watch them also um what are your thoughts on the hailstorm you forgot uh the guy who should have been league one mvp in 2020 evd uh they, <laughs> they have a, I mean, they, they have an embarrassment of rich, riches, and I think that's like the big thing is, you know, they've kind of assembled like a League One All Star team almost. They've brought in par from um, Charlotte. They've brought in a pair of Irish center backs who were pretty good for the Irish League, which I think is a very a similar league to League One in level of like talent. So I think if you can play for the Bohemes, you can probably play for Noco. Um, it's going to be interesting though. With I think with all the talent they've brought on on whether or not they're going to be able to get it to, to gel and ultimately be successful. And I think that's going to be the big storyline because they, they seem to be going for going for broke this first year and they want to win a championship out the gate and, you know, more power to them for doing it. I think it's real exciting to see, you know, teams come into this league hungry that both them and Fuego come into the league hungry and looking to win championships their first year. I can definitely see yeah. them making sure. a deep run. Mm-hmm. I do think on the opposite end of what we're talking about with Fuego, like some of the disorganization it seems like they have at Northern Colorado could bite them in the butt early. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that could be defining for their season as well. I do think the fact that, you know, Par came in, and I, I think pretty much just expects to be top score. I think he kind of said it. Like he's, he said it. Like that's his literally aim. said it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I that it. for me, my confidence. Yeah. Like hey, like I'll go ahead. Like when we did the preseason pod, like I'll put you, I'll put you down, man. Like whatever. Um, you believe it? Let's get to it. Um, but I really, I really think that there could be a, like, like you were saying. There's, there's got, there's got a little bit of. They've got some gelling to do. I do think the one bonus is that Para, um, Robles, and uh, Denso all played together at Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a little bit of a uh, little bit of a connection already, as well as Rob Cornwall played with their head coach back in 2015. Like literally, they played on the same team. So mm-hmm. there's some connections there already that are uh that are established so that that could help a bit and you know you got some really strong forwards you bring in people like Marky hernandez and just a bunch of really high quality players the key will be gelling and unlike fresno or sorry fuego um who are i mean it's pretty much like i mean they honestly could have played together growing up you know like from the beginning these are uh, this is a, a hodgepodge of talent from across the globe. Mm-hmm. They're mercenaries, yeah, for sure. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, and I know Brandon kind of touched on some of the other stuff. Uh, they have some behind the scenes stuff. They had a president brought in. Uh, she flew in from South Africa. She was there for five weeks before uh, being let go, and so they're currently without like a president for their joint operation. They're playing out of a mixed use facility with. A baseball team called the Noco Owls. The stadium's still being built, uh, and it's supposed to be done in May. It, the construction photos make me question that, but hopefully it gets done. And then 
The other big thing is because of kind of the shared facilities, they have eight Wednesday games, uh, which I think is going to be real tough for the fan support. I mean, with a team that good, they deserve to play in front of fans, and I hope that they, they get a lot of fans out there. They're kind of uh, stuck in between two places, uh, Fort Collins, which most people probably know, and then Greeley, which most people probably don't, but it's a 100,000, 200,000-person town, and they're like right smack dab in the middle, and I think uh, – you know, they're going to really have to fight for that, like, identity and resonance with the fans. And, you know, hopefully it works out for them because I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, like I said, if you're gunning for a championship, you deserve to play in front of a big crowd. And, you know, people up there should be really excited for this team. And if you're from up there or know some people from up there, you know, tell them to go buy them a ticket. Like, they're going to have a blast and it's going to be a great time up there. And that, and the thing is, too, like, it's not like Colorado is, like, like uh, unheard of, like, like it's not like soccer is unheard of in Colorado, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got the Rapids up there, not too far away. A couple of in the Colorado Springs. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, the switchbacks as well. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there is already an established like desire for soccer out there. And so I don't think necessarily pulling people uh, into the enjoyment of soccer will be the issue. It's more just marketing, it, marketing there mm-hmm. specifically. That I think will be, mm-hmm. and especially with the fact that, you know, this as far as I know, I mean I'm sure they're selling tickets at this point, but you no know, season tickets. No, they're not even selling tickets. I don't think you can buy a single game. You can buy season tickets, but I do not believe you can buy a single game yet. You can buy season tickets from them. As far as I'm aware, yeah. Okay, cool. So, I mean that, that that'll be the big thing is marketing it, and there's already a desire out there in Colorado. I don't think, I don't think. That, that's a worry at all. There's a lot of teams out there and they have a big following. So, but I do think that marketing their team specifically and, and staying organized will be really important for them this year. Mm-hmm. Off There's the a field, lot of on the field. Yeah. I mean, they moved the baseball team from Northern Utah there too. So you're talking about a pretty big undertaking with a new soccer team, a new baseball team. The ownership's the same group. So I don't know how familiar they are with Northern Colorado. So, I think it's it's going to be a big learning experience, and I hopefully they come out successful because I think that could be a really fun club to have in the league. Uh, and I don't only say that because it's a quick drive from for me, about ten hours, uh, which is close in the Midwest. <laughs> the other thing they have going for them is that they their fans online were told that they needed to wait to kick a ball before they could start talking shit online. Which, you know, if you follow League One at all, that was the curse placed on Omaha which resulted in us making the finals two years in a row and winning a championship ultimately last year. So they've got that going for them as well. So, you know, they're, they're cursed, but in the good way. Right. Blessed. Blessed. In a a weird way. I think they meant the person who gave it probably meant it as a curse, but it was a blessing. So it's like a inverse curse, which I I don't know. I'm not a priest. I have no idea how that works. It's it's like (laughs) Harry Potter wasn't very good at this stuff yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mess up the spell. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, all the teams right there. Just the storylines uh, addition. It took us an hour and 15 minutes. We thought Ooh. it was going to. But, man, we I think it's going to be an exciting season. I, every team has some fun stories. Um, every team has some fun players to watch. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Um, but we did get some questions online. Um, the short show. 
It's no longer, no longer. This is the USL League One show today. I mean, compared to some podcasts, preseason wise, this is short. This is, yes. yeah, it's, it's not as long as podcast. It's yeah. not like Ted- who gives a hoot, it's yeah. Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> yeah, the Riddler would Batman be proud of that. I mean, I think that calling it a manifesto is probably like underselling what that podcast was. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even had a chance to finish Fantastic. it yet. I haven't had a chance. To I haven't it either. It it's like uh, uh, Infinite Jest. No one's no one's actually read it. Everyone owns it, and they might have yeah. leafed through it. But at page like four hundred and fifty, you're just like, I, I don't know anymore. And you just put it on your coffee tables. Like it's a great book, and you both know you're lying mm-hmm. to each other about reading it, and you just move on with your life. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I started it, and then I was like, I don't have time. I was like, man, I still got three hours. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm only two hours and 45 minutes in. Yeah, I got yes. it. Yes. Nice. It's fantastic so far. It's amazing. It's, you should listen to the Who Gives a Who podcast. Uh, yeah. Maybe at one and a half speed. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I might have to turn it to two. <laughs> Great uh, podcast, though. Great group of uh, folks down to there in Omaha. We, yeah, we joke because we love exactly i love everybody that was on there i I love all you guys um so we do have some mailbag questions so we can get through those before we get to our week one uh predictions um do you want to take the first one chip sure so rva is red who is one of the co-hosts of river city 93 i can't forget i can't remember his government name it's matt yeah it was yeah yeah so matt our rva is red on twitter Ask which team is the most fun to watch for neutrals? Tormenta. Yeah. I was going to say Tormenta also. Yeah. Um, that's just the easy pick for me. Um, Do you have a different answer, Brandon? You know I have a different answer. I know. Again, it's not like I don't like Tormenta, but like when I'm thinking of like soccer that's enjoyable to watch, you know, I'm not necessarily thinking of a. Um, you know, a lack of goals or uh, so like really, I'm not thinking of really strong defense, even though my team does that and I really like it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's I'm not, not thinking as fun to watch. Too. What? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, not as fun to watch. You know, we're talking, I, I picked Tucson. And obviously some of that is recency bias from last year yeah. with people like Charlie Dennis and Shaq Adams who are electric. Uh, Derry Korf. I mean, that team as a whole, when it, when it came together, I mean, in the regular season, they tied Omaha for the most goals scored. And before June, they weren't looking anything like that. They were like, it was, it was nine goals until the end of June. Mm-hmm. And they came back and tied Omaha for the most goals scored in the regular season. So, for me, they also let in a ton of goals. When I think about fun soccer, enjoyable soccer to watch, basketball, basketball-style soccer, I think of Tucson. Uh, obviously that might change a little bit this year. And again, that's a little bit of recency bias, but um, I think that's for me, like if I'm going to turn on a game and it's not for Greenville and I'm thinking, what do I want to watch? I'm honestly, I'm thinking of Tucson. I love Tormenta and I've gone on record a thousand times on my, uh, on, on like, I think Liotti, Liotti was fantastic and will be fantastic. Um, so it's not that I don't like Tormenta, or think they weren't fun to watch. But when I think about like, what do I want to turn on and be like, oh my gosh, like this is chaotic and amazing. It's Tucson for me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I kind of took it from more of the approach of like, if you're going to, if I'm a USL championship person uh, and I don't know anything about league one, really like who, who should I bandwagon? And I think mm. Tucson are not Tucson, excuse me. Tormenta is a great one. One, because everyone in the league likes them. Like, I don't think you would meet like a Tormenta fan out in the wild. Someone would be like, Oh, gross. Like they're, <laughs> yeah. they're, <laughs> they're good enough that they're probably going to do some cool stuff this year, but they're not good enough that you seem like a bandwagoner. Cause if someone from like some random place, I'm an Omaha fan. So if you're an Omaha fan, welcome aboard the bandwagon. But if I, you know, someone from like, I don't know, LA was like, Oh, I'm a Greenville fan. I'd be like, Oh, it's cause they're good. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause, cool. cause you like great defense. <laughs> right. Or, you know, if so they're a Ford Madison fan, Kaylor, feel free to share your comment. Cause I think that's appropriate there. You know, it's like, Oh, cool. Like you like fun kits. That's awesome. But Tormenta, it's like, they've kind of got all of that. They're exciting to watch. They're fun to watch. They've got a great brand online. You know, you can get some shit talk in and you know, it's just, they're just a fun group of folks down there. And, you can be best friends with Jackson, who's a an awesome guy, except for he's big time now and he writes for Atlanta. But yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever, no big deal. We don't need him. Yeah, I think they're unique. I think that what they've got going on out there, um, as far as play style and the ability to adapt, it's fantastic. Um, and so I think I do think in that sense, like you will see they're unpredictable, and that's really cool. But yeah, I I stand by. What I said, and again, that may yeah. change this year just because they're losing, you know, long shot Charlie Dennis and mm-hmm. um, the the dribbling of of Shaq Adams. But for me, last year, that was it. Those ten o'clock games were hard for me, though. Like live, to, yeah, you know, for sure. Oh man, they, when we when we played them, that that was a hard watch. <laughs> um, but I do agree. I, I go with Tormenta also. I'm a I'm a fan of theirs, um, but I agree with both of your both of your teams. Um, so next mailbag question is the Oscar awards for each team by Connor. How do you say his last name? Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Connor's from a big Omaha. Omaha guy. Yeah. Great guy. He's not listening right now, so I should say something you mean should. about him. But you should. He's probably listening. <laughs> Connor's he a might, good guy. He, he might watch it later. Um, but it's a good question. Um, so he's he asked us for our Oscar awards. Um, so for best picture, the best crest. Um, who would you guys pick for the best crest? Not Noco. I no, mean, no. I'm just I'm gonna say w- what I don't want to say. I want to get out of the way now. Just blurt it out. I'm gonna say Omaha. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. Thought we're gonna go a different way. I no, can't yeah. say Omaha. I, I do I can't like say Omaha. Omaha I do like Omaha. I have some notes on the branding, but no one wants to hear those. Uh, but I'd say Tormenta is really cool. Um, I like the bird. I like the magenta and the blue and the navy. They've got a cool wave pattern on the back, but it doesn't look too busy, and it looks like distinctly you know, South Georgia. I don't think another team could, unless you're from around the same part of the country, could pull the same thing off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's great branding. It looks pretty. It, it does good stuff. And yeah, Omaha is a great answer too, though. See, uh, we talked about this on the uh, on the logo with the when we rated the logos, and Omaha's logo just reminds me of Spurs. It's just a cheap Spurs logo with the bird on a ball. It's um, funny, though. As an Arsenal fan, maybe I'm just dissociating. Maybe it's cleaner. It's a lot cleaner. And, it is clean. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's my thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Tormentas also. Um, I like Greenville's. 
It's mm-hmm. just simple. Um, just looks good. Um, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Madison's. Um, uh, just too much for me. Um, Fuego's it's weirdly... is clip artish. Yeah. Um, mountains. Yeah. Anything with mountains, I'm a big fan of. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe I I missed it, but Madison's logo, especially, is like very Art Deco ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is odd because they're like kind of, Madison's like um, Frank Lloyd Wright's neck of the woods. So you think you'd kind of go like mid-century modern maybe to like ma- tap, do a little hat tip to that. So it's weird that it's Art Deco too. I love Art Deco, but you know, I've been to Madison a couple of times. So I don't really remember seeing much Art Deco and maybe I'm wrong, but it, it, it is kind of, it bugs me a little bit, probably more than mm-hmm. it should. Because <laughs> it's a it's a serviceable logo. It's logo, yeah. it's fine and yeah, but what is um, your though? I'll say Mine? Greenville. Oh, Greenville. I'll say I'll say Greenville. Mm-hmm. I think I, I I I'm a big fan of it. Mountains and the the branding that went along with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, I like it a lot. I'm happy like with it. On your your shirt right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I do. I I love this alternate one. Um, I don't think there's a lot of stinkers. I think that's the big thing with League One. Yeah. Kind of- yeah, I think there's, I'm not there's some that are not great, but yeah, a lot of shields, mm-hmm. a lot of shields. Yeah. Um, so next one would be player in a leading role, so best player in a leading role. Um, I have to really think about this one. I'll I go first because I kind of uh, back myself into a corner with this one. Mm-hmm. Emilio Terzaghi, like you know, we're not talking <laughs> about him enough. You know, two-time MVP, two-time mm-hmm. gold boot winner. But yeah, I mean, I think. Mm-hmm. Terzaghi is probably like the biggest name in the league, uh, especially like in the past three years. And so he's still here. You know, he's, you know, let's call him the Brad Pitt of League One. You know, he's always, you know, at a certain point, you know, you have to give him like the courtesy nom for best actor just because it's, you know, who we are, Leonardo DiCaprio. Sorry. You just have to mm-hmm. give him the the nod just because at some point he's good. He's always solid. It's, He's going to be in the conversation until he proves to us that he shouldn't be in the conversation, which I don't think is going to be anytime soon. I like it. I think mine has to be Jake Keegan. I think uh, my man, he was great for the start of Greenville. He was great for us. Decided he wanted to to leave, um, and he did so, and uh, he wasn't happy, so he came back home. Go home back to where he where he knows, and I think he's going to be big for us this season um, with the team that we have. Um, so I, I I would say Jake Keegan would be my best player in a leading role, especially right now. If we go last season, um, it would be a tie for me between Terzaghi and Lomas. I mean, mm-hmm. just because of how important they were to their teams. I mean, if it wasn't for Lomas, um, you know, he wasn't. Obviously, you can't expect a, a striker to score every game, but I mean, he almost maybe, did. What? He almost did. He, I mean, he almost did. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you can't undervalue. I mean, he he carried us for a good portion of the season uh, to where we ended up, and so for me, that's a big one. And obviously, Terzaghi did something similar, and so those two for me would would be big. I think this year. Um, it's tough. It's tough. It's really tough. It's hard. I, this is definitely like, one of those like mid-season questions, right? Yeah. Now. 
yeah. if we're going from just a leadership perspective, I'm again, I'm going to go Jordan Skelton um, just because I think he's loud. He's a good leader. Uh, he's a proven leader. Um, and so I think that'll be big. But if we're talking like star player, important to the team, I have no idea. Like I can't even, I can't even begin to think who that would be. Yeah, I mean, Terzaghi is a good show. It's an easy one. Oh, yeah, that's so, a cop out. I'm going to use it. Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> I kind of burned the bridges on that one, though, when I yeah. said that, you know, people didn't give him enough love. So kind of painted <laughs> myself in a corner there with that. There you one. go. Yeah, you had to at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So best supporting cast. Um, I'm, I've got to be a homer and say Greenville as the best supporting cast. Uh, I feel like as a whole, especially defense. They might not get all the love. You know, Lomas got a lot of love last season. Um, Gavilanes had a lot of love last season. Um, but with the changes, the injuries that we had, I think we had some great players coming off the bench. Um, we had a great keeper come up come up and take over the starting, starting role over Dallas J, who I saw coming earlier from Kaylor. He still has not played for Monterey. He's still starting Diaz, I believe. But um, – you know, we I, I I feel like Greenville probably has the best supporting class, and that's you know in in regards to the first few seasons, we made it, making it to the final every season uh, in the history of the league. Um, we haven't had one star player until last season, um, and even then he fell off towards the end. And we had to find ways to win, and other players had to step up that were not names to the league yet, and they are now. They will be. So, yeah, they will be. This, yeah. In this season, we've revamped things, so I think it'll be, you know, I, this season I don't think we will have a star player, you know. Although I mentioned Jake Keegan, I, I think he'll be one of many uh, to lead this team as far as leaders go. Um, but that's my pick for best supporting cast. And I, and I agree with that, and I'm, I think trying, trying to drive that point home, you know, you can, you can name players on Omaha, you can name players on pretty much every team in the league. But Greenville, it's I think most people I've talked to kind of have Greenville penned in as the best team in the league, at least on paper right now. Like if you, you know, made people pick, I think most people are gonna pick Greenville to win. And it says a lot that like who is who is the biggest name in Greenville right now? Like Noah Frank, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like not who, even. I, it might be Jake Egan. Yeah, I mean it's or a little Coutinho. Or Coutinho. Yeah, Coutinho. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like if you ask 10 different people, you're probably going to get 10 different answers for Greenville, while most other teams probably have that that one guy or maybe the two guys that like everyone's going to pick. Greenville, it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. who. And I think that really lead or, uh, goes for the best supporting casting is it's, they're going to have a lot of talent, even if it's not like the flashiest or there's the biggest name. Like I, I don't envy their marketing department because like who do you put on the billboard? <laughs> yeah, every. Every day I see Noah Pilato on the billboard here with, with his finger. How many days until Saturday <laughs> coming up? <laughs> I pass by it on my way to work every day. I will say last season, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think this year it's going to be Greenville. Easy. Last season, it was Omaha. That's not, it's not going to be that case. I don't think it's going to be the case at all this season. No offense. Mm-hmm. But, I mean – the way that the team worked together to keep from conceding goals. I mean, knew who's a great keeper. Mm-hmm. 
he didn't have the most clean sheets because he was a good keeper, though. I mean, the defense mm-hmm. as a whole, as a structure, was lights out. Everybody worked together. What was it? I think 10 of their 11 starting 11 had – every outfield player had scored a goal, right? Had had, had contributed – starting outfield player, like the starting yeah. 11. Had I think – I want to say Dalton had an assist but not a goal. He had a goal versus Madison in the rain game. But I don't know if he scored again. But yeah, I mean, pretty much everybody that started scored at least yeah. once or assisted or, you know, it they was in some way. Mm-hmm. And it was dangerous. I mean, especially on, you know, everyone talks about the small field, but they did it at home. They did it out of way. But again, on that Omaha team, you had star power. You know, mm-hmm. everyone was circling Greg Hurst's name. Everyone was circling Dami Viedere's name. It You had star power. But I think that's the difference is this Greenville team. It's just, it's a lot of, really, really good players who, you know, again, like who do you put on the billboard? I don't know, but they're all, they're all good. And they're, they're going to be dangerous. Yeah. Hope I, you know what? I think there'll be a couple of players who come out this season who I think will look fantastic coming out mm-hmm. of it. I don't think, I don't think that we'll be, you know, the, I, I think inherently the group is better than the individual, but I do think there'll be some individuals who really shine this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, perspective. And I do think, again, I think Greenville is automatically the blueprint to follow. But last year's Omaha was something different. Mm-hmm. And I agree. They were a tough team. They're fun to watch. Um, even with the big stars, they were shining. But so were the other players, too. And that's what got all those moves um, mm-hmm. to championship. And um, But the season may be a little different. We'll see. But um, it'll be exciting to watch. Never talking nice about Omaha again now, so that's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never know. Um, so next, uh, next award is the set design. Um, that's a <laughs> that was a bit of a stretch, Connor. But it's the stadium. Who has who has the best stadium in the league? Who has the best stadium in the league? Um, I, I, it's not Omaha's. Um, <laughs> I'm not even gonna say it's Greenville's either. We have a fun know, atmosphere, but, I, but we have a fun atmosphere. But it's, it's I kind of want to say that way. NCFC Stadium, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Apparently, it is in the middle. Of, it is kind of yeah. Um, but it's it a, is nice. it's a nice Richmond. field. Yeah, uh, Richmond was a. If you are looking for an away day, Richmond was a great away day. I'm really sad that I couldn't go on the podcast with Nate. Uh, who's like the PR social media guru from Richmond. Cause I was just going to write a love letter for my time in the city. Uh, but they have some of the best beer in America, great food, awesome time there. It's kind of, it has a lot of charm. I think is the, the way we would put it. There's a lot mm-hmm. of charm. Um, if they got rid of like the big um, other grandstand, I think it'd be a lot cooler. It just feels kind of empty. I mean, I think that's the big thing. Like, I don't really know what the best stadium is. Like Madison has charm, but it's old and kind of a poop hole. Um, there's like no AC in the locker room. Charlotte or uh, Chattanooga's is going to be nice, but right now it's an active construction zone. Yeah. So you can't really give it to them. Omaha plays baseball. Noco plays baseball. You know, Fresno doesn't play in their own stadium. Greenville doesn't play in their own stadium. I mean, I think you almost have to go NCFC. I, I don't know anything about Charlotte yeah. stadium, honestly. Um, 
Tormenta Stadium's not done yet, so it's kind of hard to say on that yeah. one too. Like, yeah, and that might be at the, by the end of the year. It might be an yeah. easy. Or, There's a you know. two-story Publix. I do think once Chattanooga is done, I think that might be one of the best away days, just because of the city. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard fantastic. good things about their stadium. Yeah. As as it is, uh, mm-hmm. I'm jealous of their jumbotron. <laughs> NCFC has a nice jumbotron too. Mm-hmm. So, but I think I, I think NCFC for me at least wins it kind of more on default than anything. Just I think you could definitely go the Richmond route because I think Richmond's cool, mm-hmm. old stadium. Um, and then, but I think NCFC like if if I had to pick a stadium from the league that I could drop anywhere in Omaha I wanted, it'd probably be NCFCs. I think it's a cool stadium, especially with that like double grandstand, good size. Probably, probably them. It's new enough. It's probably yeah. my answer. Yeah, I just sure. saw Ryan's comment about Chattanooga not staring into the sun. That's a struggle we have in Greenville. Uh, every every game in the supporters section. Um, but, um, you know, I'd like to visit Chattanooga's and definitely visit Tormenta's this season. Uh, when mm-hmm. it's done, because those, you know, and one day I'll go to Richmond also. Um, so next and last award is for best director. So manager in front office. Um, I'll have to think about my answer. What do you guys think? I think Perlman for coach. Um, I'm really excited. Not as excited as Brandon, probably. But we are interviewing uh, Amanda Powers. uh Perlman, and then I think two or three other people from the uh, Tucson front office mm-hmm. next Monday at uh, 7 Central time. So tune in on Walk at 90. Uh, I mean, I think he did an awesome job last year. The league has a lot of coaches. Like, Harks is really good. Mims is really good. I think uh, we're going to see good things out of Amen and uh, Noko. But I think Perlman, you know, took a struggling team around and turned them into a great team, which the other two coaches – can't really say they've been good since day one um front office i mean there's a lot to be said about um the madison hype machine and it pains me to say it but i think you know maybe you'd say madison for that they you know they've had a not great product but they're still able to sell it they're able to sell their vision they have a very coherent like yeah yeah. they have a very coherent brand message they have a very coherent like Mm -hmm. strategy to get people to games And it's impressive because I know that they don't have the most season tickets, but they're probably going to be one of the top selling teams in the league, even without that, just because they can, you know, make those turnstiles turn and make that merch register ring. And so I think it's kind of hard to not give them the FO award. I mean, that's not to say that the other front offices aren't great too. I think, um, you know, to a certain degree, working in lower league soccer front offices is definitely a love affair for people that like, uh, love the game and love working in sports. And I think they all leave it out in the office every single day of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 100%. I think you're right. I, it's hard to pick. It really. is hard. I mean, yeah. if we're talking coaches, I'm going to go Homer every day. John Harks, mm-hmm. you're never going to hear me say anything different. Um, but I mean, front offices, they're all fantastic. I think Greenville's works really hard. They do a lot of great mm-hmm. stuff. Obviously, you know, Everyone's unique. Uh, Madison, like you said, does really, really incredible work. Tormenta does some really cool work that's different, although they mm-hmm. do sell a ton of players somehow. Mm-hmm. Insane. I mean, just to go through the the players that have come from their academy, 
I mean, even players like Indiana Vasilev and people like that. Um, there's a lot of players that came from Tormenta. And so the work they do there is incredible. You know, I think all of them, that's, that's a really tough question. Yeah. I think yeah. we're blessed to have so many good front office in, in our league. I think they all do a good job um, <clears throat> in some way, shape, or form. Um, I, I hope the admin for Ford Madison is here, but uh, watching or he listens to this, he, supposedly I don't say enough nice things about Madison, but that's one thing I can say. You know, yeah. they, they have a great front office, and al- although they have to deal with all the comments, including from me, including from others, about, you know, what – you know, more kits than wins and whatnot. Um, I love what they do. They 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 work really hard. Um, they you can tell they really care care for their team, care for their brand, and I respect that. Um, same thing for Greenville. John Harks is one of the best coaches, and it's one of the coolest things to be able to run into him and he knows your name. Like this man is in the Hall of Fame, played in Premier League, and he still comes up to me and asks me how my kids are doing he knows me by my name which is one of the coolest things in the world um tormenta they have a lot of younger front office staff but they you know they're trying really cool things they they're their team on twitter they uh they talk a lot and but i love how they interact with so many people um they make it fun they make the league fun um and they do a good job um with their brand and and uh, obviously selling players and and buying international spots, they're doing a lot of things that other teams don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're really blessed. Um, even Omaha, I I love uh, Omaha does a good I, job. They do good a good folks. job. Uh, there's good people there. Um, for, mm-hmm. You know, any ones that I've interacted with um, in the past, I, I've had a great conversations with them. Um, mm-hmm. I know the admin also. He's a good FIFA player. He's a nice guy. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's a lot of fun front office staff and uh, I think we have a lot of good coaches in our league. Mm-hmm. I will say about Tormenta quick story. Um, I went down to Charleston, South Carolina uh, this winter with my wife and uh, one of my friends from college and her husband. And we went down uh, in their neck of the woods uh, one day. And so I hit up my buddy bolt online and said, Hey, you know, bolt love to meet up and we can wet our beaks and grab a beer together. And I just figured, you know, it'd be, you know, a guy from the, Tormenta front office exchange a scarf with they brought everybody from the front office there's like seven people there we sat talking about league one soccer until my wife's like elbowing me like we gotta like go like get home and it was a great time and bolt even showed up which was That's awesome it. and you know literally the ibis showed up right and it's like i don't know literally that ha- right and i don't think that happens in a lot of leagues which i think is uh pretty sweet and you know i think it really speaks to the the value of that people in this front office put on the fans of the league, even if you're from other teams, because we're all kind of in this league one situation together. And, you know, we're all going to have a lot of fun while we're down here. I always think uh, we're a lot more fun than championship just because we're all pretty close knit down here. And, you know, it's always fun. So let's, um, so another next question, um, from Ross Davenport, um, how do we improve League One broadcasts? Um, I saw a couple comments about cameramen. Um, you know, then I know that's a technical thing um, where cameras are placed and whatnot. And I know that's that's uh, 
out of some people's control. I know the teams have a lot to do with that um, as far as making that work. Uh, it's hard to watch Madison games, in my opinion, sometimes because of because of that camera work. Um, same with Chattanooga. Yeah, same with Chattanooga. It's, it's really hard to tell where you're at. Um, but uh, I think the team in general, I think the league in general has done I, has done a good job of uh, with the broadcasters being as knowledgeable as they are about the league and especially doing it out of Florida mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, do it on the screen. I, I can't imagine how difficult that is because you got to rely on the cameramen that, you know, mm-hmm. aren't always doing the best work. Um, so, you know, I think our, the league, even in the championship, watching some games this past few weeks, um, really knowledgeable. Um, and I, I enjoy the broadcast. Um, Sometimes it's, you know, ESPN Plus is hit or miss. Um, some of the technical issues, but you know, having those games available to us is is a blessing. You know, watching as many games as we can at any given time. So, I think the biggest thing uh, the league can do to improve uh, the commenting, which I know is Ross's biggest question, was kind of continue to hold teams' uh, feet to the fire when it comes to investing in broadcasting and. Um, I think having some of the uh, broadcasting hires they made will be a big thing. Honestly, the easiest thing that they could do right now to make the league broadcast better would be to have the away team on the field be the home team for the broadcast. You know, I think it's kind of silly that, you know, when Omaha plays Greenville, all the Greenville fans are seeing, you know, ads for Omaha places you'll never go because everyone who cares about the teams probably at the game. But I think that'd be a real easy, quick fix because most people watching are probably not the home team. I know I, I watch the games on replay, but I'm weird. And so I think that'd be a quick, easy fix and help some congruity and knowledge of the broadcasters because you're getting the, the, the home team, which is nice. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that's the biggest thing. So, guys, it's getting a little bit late here. It's uh, turning into a Batman-sized episode. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple Call questions. Luke Gobberman, we're going yeah. on three and a half hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I got to go take my Tylenol soon. But um, I really want to get into uh, the predictions for this week. We have some big games. Um, and so let's start with FC Tucson at Richmond Kickers. I'd love to hear your predictions for the game and uh, maybe, you know, player that's going to show up big i know you're going to say terzaghi you know but um, brand. for the brand um but um in my <laughs> in my opinion i i think i think this game's going to be a draw mm-hmm. uh I, I i can't i can't just decide a winner out of those two because um you know tucson lost a lot of players i don't think they're going to have the firepower they have and richmond's always solid um, but I don't think either one is miles ahead of the other. Uh, other than Terzaghi, I, I could feel maybe a 2-2 game or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'll start by saying uh, saying this. When we make our picks on Thursday for Walking 90 and I pick something different than I pick right now, you didn't hear me say it now. Like mm-hmm. I've got this whole plan to super cut it all together yeah. so it makes it look like it went perfect. I probably won't anyways, but you know, I kind of – I think um, Richmond's going to win that game, maybe like a 2-1. That sounds about right. I think uh, Tucson has a lot of new pieces, and Richmond 
kind of has most of the same team. I think uh, that's going to really help them at the beginning of the year. Uh, they're going to be at home. They're going to have Trezaghi. Um, Rich, our Tucson's probably still figuring some stuff out. So I think um, Richmond comes on top on this one. I agree. I, I can't, I can't bet against Richmond at home. That's it. I mean, they're number one and uh, you know, at home. And if this is an away game, Tucson all day, mostly because they were so terrible last year. I mean, they, they were literally the second worst team in the league away from home. Uh, and they have the same players. Everything's pretty much the same. So, um, <laughs> but at home, that, that, for me, there's no question. And I think it's, I, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Bolognese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to be Bolognese. Yeah. The surefire bet is section O is going to be just vibing that whole game. They're going to be loud. They're going to be mildly intoxicated. They're going to be banging the drum, waving those flags. And I don't know. I guess I think, think Richmond's going to win, but. Maybe not think, if they were on the road. <laughs> I think it'd be a, cl- a close game. It'll be a fun game to mm-hmm. watch for sure. Um, so next game, um, me and Brandon will be at um, Central Valley Fuego against Greenville. Um, this is a hard one because I have no idea what to expect from Central Valley. Um, this is I my hot take game. Um, I do think we're going to pull off a win uh, against a new team. Um because they're a new team, and I think uh, Greenville fans are going to show up, so it's going to be a really fun atmosphere. But I think it's going to be very close, mm-hmm. just similar to a lot of wins that we usually have, whether it's a one nothing or a two or a two to one. Uh, I, I don't. Um, uh, with our defense, you know, maybe I don't see a shutout. You know, the with you know right back injured and some of the other injuries we've had, but. Um, I can see Greenville winning just out of experience, having that experience that we do have. Um, but it's going to be a very fun, close one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really – I'm nervous for this game, especially just thinking about, like, not knowing how we're going to line up with Frank out, Noah Frankie out. And then also, you know, at Clemson we had – there was somebody who lined up at right back who we don't know and they haven't signed. Um and then also Peter Pearson was there for a little bit before we jumped to the back three. Are we going to do a back four? Are we going to do a back three? Back five? Who knows? Back um, and that's, that's the big question mark because, you know, that's – we don't know what – we have no idea um, to some extent. I mean, obviously, this coach has been around for a while for Fuego uh, and other places, so you probably have – you can find stuff on his style. But um, – different players, that kind of thing. It'll be interesting to see how this goes. I think at home, I I think we'll pull off the win. It's going to be super close, I think. and It's going to be funny. I mean, I saw Ryan say 3-0 Greenville, like maybe. Um, I would love that. Uh, but That'll be a I, statement. That'll be a big statement. statement. Against them. Or, you know, they could end up <laughs> not doing well this season. But anyways, yeah. I don't think that's the case. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I I'm thinking one nil. I'm thinking mm-hmm. one nil to the triumph. Um, that's that's my that's my bet. I've got one one. I think mm-hmm. uh, I can see. You that. know, we all we I all know the that. blue. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we all know the blueprint. The blueprint for beating Greenville and the blueprint for beating Omaha. Everyone in the league knows what they are. It's just a matter of can you do it. Mm-hmm. And the the trick for beating Greenville is to score first. Because if Greenville scores first, they're going to turtle it up 
and beg you to score. That's why, like, every single game where they go up, all of the goals against them are golazos because you have to score them from 30 yards out. So I think uh, Villian's going to score early, maybe like the 17th minute. Uh, I'm I'm real call, really calling my shot. He's going to score in the 17th minute. And all of a sudden, Greenville's like, oh, crap, can't turtle. Let's go, let's go, let's go. They're going to push, they're going to push. Uh, Fuego's going to bend but not break until like the 87th minute. And then we're going to have some like crazy last-minute shot by Greenville that's going to go over the goal bar, go over the top. Yep, that's what's going to happen, calling it. And I could easily see that happening, which is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, as much as I want to win, I mean, it, it, it's it's not unlike us at times um, to have those types of games. So, mm-hmm. I, w- I will say, I mean, I haven't seen Fuego's players, you know, in any way, shape, or form. I've seen Greenville's players both on their Instagrams, in person, that kind of thing. They look hungry, really hungry. Mm-hmm. I mean, Coutinho was posting training videos on his Instagram story. And that man, like, he looks like he's he's on a mission to prove something. And so that's that's exciting stuff. And I, I do think that having someone like him in the middle this year will be will be huge for us. And I think it would be huge to unlocking um, and, and kind of expressing our dominance over, over Fuego. Mm-hmm. And, and just <clears throat> we don't – I feel like Fuego's really uh, – you know, we – we don't know what to predict from them, but I, I don't really know what to predict from our Greenville team either because it's just like we, what kind of lineup are we going to have? I, I couldn't. I, last year I could tell you every week who I figured would start, but this year, I don't know. I know a few players here and there, but um, are we going to go back three, back five? You know, back four. Is, <clears throat> we don't have a right back right now um, that we know of. Um, maybe we'll sign one this week, but. Um, so anything could happen. I mean, we we're gonna look a little more different than we have in years past. I think. Um, so it'll be a di- really different game for us. Yeah. So it'll be a fun one though. For sure. So, um, so next game is Forward Madison at Chattanooga Red Wolves. So this so is a storyline game. Red Wolves here. Maybe, but this is a storyline game. So the last game of the season for both clubs was. Uh, Red Wolves at Madison. And at the very, very end of the game, there was a scuffle. It was kind of confusing. We weren't really sure what happened, but the game went on. And then mysteriously, a few days later, came out a statement that there was an alleged incident where a player said something pretty naughty and racist against another player. And uh, so when this came out, this was definitely the game that I had circled as, oh, man, League One, you are naughty for picking this one the first game of the week because those Red Wolf players are not going to be happy after one of their own was verbally assaulted by a Madison guy. And they're going to come out, and they're just going to, like, take their lunch money and send them packing up to the Midwest crying. Uh, All the guys are gone that are involved with it. So I could still see it being a little chippy just because the Red Wolves do have a lot of guys that were on that team last year. And, you know, maybe they're going to be fired up a little bit. But I think, you know, some of the the fire from that incident might be gone. But I think the Red Wolves uh, playing at home, I think some of those guys are probably going to use that as motivation in that game. I think uh, Red Wolves, I think, are going to – it's going to be 1-0. I think Madison's back line is really good. I think they're probably still figuring things out offensively. And I think it's going to be 1-0 win, and it's there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a fight and probably a red card. 
Maybe you think two. one zero Chattanooga? One zero Chattanooga. Yeah, sorry. I'm thinking Chattanooga is going to win also at home. Um, I think we're, we're going to see an improved Madison than last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Red Wolves at home are going to they, – they might not keep it as late as usual, um, but I can see them winning, pulling off a win at home. I'm going to be the lone dissenter here. I'm going 2-1 Madison. I think – I just think this one's there for the taking. I think this is this has to be a statement game for Glazer. And, uh, you know, I think this is the perfect time to play Chattanooga. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're still trying to figure things out. They've got a lot of players who they don't – I mean, Galindra is still posting out of country on Twitter, um, as far as I can tell. So, I mean, they're missing some key pieces, you know. Um, I it, I think that Madison can take this one. I, I, as much as like, I like wholeheartedly believe that Chattanooga is still probably, I mean, they've brought in some fantastic pieces and long-term will probably be in the top three. Uh, but I do think that this one is for the taking. And if they, if Madison don't win, I'd be disappointed. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> you want, Brandon wants that free kit. Yeah, hey, yeah, Who? Madison, you see this? Yeah, give me a – my last name is Mays, M-A-Y-S. You can put my name on the back of the jersey. Uh-huh. Just, you'll show it off on both your Twitter <laughs> accounts. I have my address. Mm-hmm. You, you can post your address on Twitter. That can only end well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think this next one – I think this is the game of the week, the next one. Mm-hmm. So we one. have, we have, of course, it's your favorite one. <laughs> you, I, and this is NCFC at Tormenta. I think if, um, if this was, if this, if you weren't at Greenville, you would be at this game to see yes. NCFC play. <laughs> um, I think this is gonna be a really fun game. I really do. Um, I, I'm predicting a tie in this one also, but like. A really good one, like two, two, three, three, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. I, that's. I think it'll be two teams going at it. Um, you know, um, and CFC is going to show that they're hungry to make it to, to show that they're not the same team as last year. And I think Tormenta will also, um, especially with their new signings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe we'll get a Sterling appearance since he's he'll be here by then, I believe. Um, he- I think they're both showing up this week, both yeah. Tobias Latino so, and Sterling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that I think it's going to be a big game. I think, and I agree. I think this might be the game of the week um, as far as entertainment factor goes. Um, uh, I think Greenville is the, the game of the week, but, um, but I think NCFC Tormenta will be probably the neutral game that if you're going to watch a game, this might be a really fun one. The most fun game of the week. Yes, mm-hmm. most fun. Yeah. I'm kind of sad I won't be able to watch any of them. I'm going to Hades Town, which should be really good. But this game, I think um, there's going to be a lot of goals. Um, I think it ends up in a draw, but I think, you know, 2-2, two, 3-3 two, three, three draw sounds just about right. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, like this is kind of an opportunity for both these teams to kind of say, hey, you know, we're not the team we were last year. You know, NCFC is going to say, you know, we're not a bunch of kids. Like, we're here to play professional soccer. And Tormento's going to come out and say, you know, that team who finished in 
you know, 10th place last year, that that's not us. Like we're, we're going to contend this year. We're going to fight for a playoff spot and, you know, we're going to make a lot of noise and, you know, really, really make the people of Statesboro, Georgia proud of us and show the league what we're up to. We're not just the team that does everything right everywhere else, but on the field, they're going to, I think, it's an opportunity for both teams. They're it's a winnable game, and I think they're both going to come out swinging, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, agree. I mean, there's nothing else to add to that. I think that's exactly it. Two, two, three, three. Lots of fun. Ian Cameron's a genius. John Bradford's going to go all gas, no breaks. Mm-hmm. All <laughs> gas, we'll no probably break. like unicycle while juggling fire or something. Yeah, during the game. Mm-hmm. No. Well. Um, <laughs> This has been a lot of fun, guys. Um, again, if you want more of me and Brandon's uh, takes, uh, feel free to join us on Walk in 90. We've got an episode coming up this Thursday at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, where we're kind of doing League One picks, preview, previewing the U.S. Open Cup games. And then we have a surprise guest, who I don't think we're allowed to talk about who it is yet. But trust me, you'll want to be there, especially if you're a Ford Madison fan. Um, and then Monday we have the torment or the, excuse me, the FC Tucson uh, front office roundtable with uh, Pearlman, Amanda powers, their uh, president and some other folks from the front office. And I think we try to do the show um, every other week on Thursdays. We might be doing it more frequently this year. I'm not sure, but make sure to follow us. Uh, I'm at chip Daripa on Twitter. If you like bad memes and bad takes, Brandon's a lot more talented. You should follow him instead. Yeah, you can follow me on either of these. I don't there think. it is. Yeah, just either one. Mm-hmm. You can, if you want, if you want to like graphs and stuff, you can follow me at the USL League One Review, and um, and very intelligent, very intelligent takes about soccer. I'll yes. say it. He has great takes. It's it's a it's a good read. It'll make you smarter about soccer. And I just don't say that because we're buddies and we uh, do a podcast together. But then the <laughs> no, most talented man in the room is Gio. <laughs> Gio, do you have anything else to plug besides that? Uh, your hair care routine? I, my hair care routine. I, I was trying to think of something clever. Like I use body wash or something. Or I, I dry <laughs> the top. <laughs> I dry the top and then I leave the bottom wet so the curls. But I couldn't think of anything. Um, it's just head and shoulders. Uh, just all <laughs> natural head and shoulders uh, and a brush. But um, I do want to plug uh, Away Days coming up. Um, we uh, Kayler has done a good job on, on the YouTube channel putting up some Away Day videos. And I will work on getting one done of the Greenville game this weekend also um, get some content there some and uh, I, I take every chance I get I, I share the video of our first home game ever that's pinned on my Twitter uh, that was an awesome moment so hopefully I get another one of those moments this weekend um, so that we can share on the away days um, tomorrow we have the USL show just the Tuesday show uh, talking about all you all things USL. Um, we also have kit season on Wednesday. Um, I am not looking forward to being fired after what we said about Birmingham Legion's kits. Um, so <laughs> I feel like that's going to be coming, um, but that's for another day. So this is the last time I appear ever. <laughs> this is the, if this is the last time I appear, uh, I love all of you guys. Um, and a good friend, Alan, will be doing the short show, it might be a little shorter than this. Actual short show. Thursday, actual <laughs> yeah. short show. Um, Today no, was opposite uh, day, apparently. It was opposite day. Um, this is what you do when you're on. This is my fever podcast, like Michael Jordan's fever. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know when they're going to let us ta- on again to talk about League One, so we got to get everything in. This we do. <laughs> we do. But um, no, follow these guys. These guys are good friends. I love both of you. Appreciate you guys coming. I'm probably the least talented person here, except if we're talking about FIFA. Um, <laughs> then I could beat both of you with one hand. <laughs> if you're if you're not too scared to do it, um, but <laughs> but uh, I love both of you and I appreciate you guys joining me. Um, and hopefully we do this again soon. Sure. Yes, for sure. See you guys later. See ya. See you guys. Thank you for watching another episode of the USL Show. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find podcasts and other written work at bgn.fm. Once again, thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you guys again next week.